You are listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Now, here is more to the story. Welcome to the Forefront Church at Harvey Park Podcast. More to the story. This is where we dive into more about last week's sermon and just ask more questions and dig in. If you have questions, send them to us here at life at forefrontchurch.tv. We'd be happy to hear about them, hear from them. Drew, Pastor Drew, we have here with us. Hey, guys. Good to be with and, you. And Pastor Darren ends with us as well. Hey, everybody. So, And I'm Rob Lazzi filling in for Mike Haynes, who's out coaching hockey somewhere in the world today. So Pastor Kev talked last week about Genesis uh 33, 34 in there, I believe, talking about Jacob and Esau. I think it was actually 32 and 33. I apologize. Just getting getting a little ahead of myself. But the big story here is with Jacob meeting Esau. Drew, can you get us kind of caught up to this point in the story? Why, why is it such a big deal that Jacob's meeting Esau? Yeah, there's quite a few chapters devoted to the story here in the book of Genesis. And we see uh, last, uh, two weeks ago, we started talking about just who Jacob was and the, the struggle he had with Esau. And so Jacob was one of the twins born to Isaac and Rebekah. And from the, from the very beginning, even when uh, they were in the womb, there was this struggle between the two. And we see that the, as soon as Jacob and Esau are born, there's this, this really interesting dynamic where Isaac really loves Esau and Rebekah really loves Jacob. And, and Jacob actually, um, his, his name is, is you know, one, one translation for Jacob is deceiver. Um, or, or heel grabber, and he's just continually working to try to um, to get what he wants out of his situations. And so he he steals the birthright from Esau with from a bowl of stew. He swindles the uh, blessing from Isaac, his father, when his father was uh, blind and old um, at at the um, request of his mom Rebecca uh, by putting on animal furs and pretending to be Esau to get the blessing. And then as soon as he does that, Esau. Esau is so mad at him. Esau wants to kill his brother. Obviously, he had just taken everything Esau thinks at that point from him. And so Jacob flees, and, and Re- Rebecca says, Jacob, get out of here and leave. Uh, also, go and, and, and take a wife from uh, my family and, and not marry these, these local Canaanite girls like Esau has done. And so Jacob leaves. He flees. He goes to um, to where Rebecca's from, to Rebecca's, actually her, his uncle Laban, and, and it's there that he meets Rachel and he falls in love. And he uh, ends up working seven years to marry Rachel. And on his wedding night, he gets deceived by his uncle uh, for her older sister, Leah. And so then he goes to his uncle. Hey, what happened? And his uncle said, hey, I can't marry the younger before the older, but I'll let you marry both of my daughters. And so a week later, he marries Rachel to work for another seven years. And you see this really interesting continuation of this family where over the course of um, 20 years, you see that uh, with Rachel, Leah, and then uh, two of their maidservants, um, he has children, and he has 11 sons, 
which would eventually he'll have a 12th son named Benjamin, which eventually becomes the 12 tribes of Israel. So this God is setting up the story for the nation of Israel, for us to understand the, the struggle and, and what's going on. And we see um, the, the the continuation of brokenness within the family of Jacob. As you move through the book of Genesis, you see that this family, things were just not right with, with his family and the way things were gone were done. There's just deception, there's there's lies, there's all these things. But God continues to bless Jacob and because of the promise he gave to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And so God continues to bless Jacob. Now at this point, we get to Genesis 32, and Jacob has 11 sons with four women, uh, which is a messy situation. He also has got so, I mean, he, he has so many flocks that he has, is just a powerful person. And so he and Laban have this falling out. And so Jacob, God tells Jacob, it's time to go back. It's time to go home. And Jacob knows he's going to have to meet Esau face to face again. It's been 20 years. And now Jacob's been greatly blessed, but he, he from his understanding, Esau still wants to kill him. He, he knows Esau still hates him. And so now God is telling Jacob, trust me, it's time for you to go back home to where you belong. And Jacob has to take all of his flocks, all of his family, all of his servants, and caravan back to what would be the promised land someday. And it, it's that point we come in Genesis chapter 32 where Jacob begins, again, he's a deceiver, to devise this plan to try to win over his brother Esau. And what he does is he takes half of everything he has. He takes half of his flocks and half of his people, and he sends them ahead so they can meet Esau as this offering to his brother in hopes that will appease Esau's hatred of him. And at that point, we see the story uh, slow down. Anytime the story slows down, God wants to teach us something. And in Genesis 32, we see it slow down into a really interesting narrative uh, with God. And then the next uh, part of it is where Jacob wrestles with God, which always seems to be an interesting like tangent in the story where it's like, what's going on here? Why is this here? So Darren, what's going, what's the significance of Jacob wrestling with God at this moment in the story? Yeah. At this moment, we are unsure of what's going to happen because uh, Esau has, the last time we saw Esau, he has this murderous intent and Jacob's freaking out. And, and as, as Drew said, he devises this plan uh, in, in the chapter 32, verse eight, he says he thought uh, if he splits up his people into two groups, he thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the groups that, that's left may escape. Um, his scouts gave him a report that Esau was coming with 400 men. This is, and he was assuming it was a military uh, military march that these 400 men were coming to, uh, to kill him. Um, cause that mm. was the last time he saw Esau. But Can you imagine 400 men coming to chase you down and you, and you it's like, like that's <laughs> like a small gym full of people. Like it's not a small number. It doesn't feel like a welcome party. Does it? No. Yeah. You're like 400 <laughs> people. Like, like I don't see tambourines. This is going <laughs> to be a fight. <laughs> it's, it's not a parade. It's yeah. It's, it's a military march. And so, yeah, the story, happens in the middle of that. Uh, Jacob sends all sends everything he has across the river, across the river Yabak, uh, but then he stays there and some guy, a man, shows up and they wrestle all night. Uh, 
that whoever this man is doesn't let, let Jacob sleep. Um, and, and the Bible starts out in the verse 24, uh, a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And this man never gets a name. It's only after the story happens that Jacob, dis- he, he, he kind of devises or, or discerns that this wasn't a mere man. This was some kind of, of heavenly being. He calls it Elohim, which is, is a generic term for God, but it also means, means angels at other points. And so there's something divine about this person. Um, and, and Jacob says that he, he saw God, he saw Elohim face to face. Um, and so, yeah, the story being where it is, I, I think is significant because it, it slows down the story. We're wondering what is this encounter going to be like? And all of a sudden God shows up or, or heavenly being shows up definitely on, on the, on the authority of God. And then they, they wrestle. Um, and Jacob, uh, neither of them can win. This heavenly being apparently isn't strong enough. Jacob's a super strong guy. Uh, he spent 20 years laboring. To, to win his his family so he's definitely got that farm boy strength um and and they they it's a dead even match um and then the, in verse 25 when the man saw that he could not overpower him he touched the socket of jacob's hips uh touched is a is a nice word uh, it's not like he just went boop and and uh <laughs> it got popped out <laughs> of its socket uh it's definitely it, it's a bit more aggressive than that and then um <clears throat> you know jacob was limping and the man said let me go dawn's here uh, dawn, uh, the, the, the sun's coming up. But Jacob, again, forces a blessing from someone. We've seen this before. He, he wants his father to bless him. Uh, he wants Laban to bless him. And now he wants this, some kind of divine being to bless him. And remember, Esau is coming and Jacob is trying to take this blessing again. He, he's trying to command whoever this is to bless him. And I think that's what's significant about it. He, he's kind of still doing his thing. Uh, I don't know if Jacob's learned much. Maybe he has. But, but then there's other significant stuff that, that happens, um, like the whole name change deal and, and all that kind of stuff. Do you think this is kind of, Drew, like where it's like, Hey God, I trust you, but I'm still going to make sure I have my plan in place just in case? I think so. You know, if you look at Jacob's life, you know, God had given this great blessing to Abraham and to Isaac. And then God says to Jacob when he's on the run, I'm with you wherever you go. Yet Jacob still continued to try to make things happen on his own over and over again. He's pushing through to force things to happen the way he wants. And he's getting ready to do that too. God says to Jacob, it's time for you to go home and trust me when you go meet Esau Yet here's Jacob again trying to finagle his way around. I'm going to send Esau this blessing. I'm going to send all these people. I'm going to send all these sheep and goats. And hopefully Esau will accept me. And God's saying, Jacob, stop. Stop trying to deceive everybody. Stop trying to work your own way. So I think a couple of things are going on here, as Darren mentioned. When Jacob's wrestling with God in, in the dark of night, I think it's he, he's telling Jacob, you know, and we know, you know, God had the power to to strike his hip, God could have crushed Jacob in that moment, right? I mean, God could have put him down like, um, you know, like a WWE wrestler would would take me out. But um, hey, Drew, those th- that's not real. W- oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, we can pretend it is for this. <laughs> Wait, what? It's not real. What? It's not real. I thought Hulk Hogan was like oh, no. a real wrestler. <laughs> but you we know, all God, we all know that's not real. I know. I know. I just want to pretend. I oh, love, it's real. Yeah, I love the show, the big show. The, Don't uh, worry. Hey, Santa Claus told me it wasn't real. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think, so God, there's a purpose in God doing this wrestling over the course of the night. And I think he's showing Jacob, 
Jacob, you may fight against God and you may fight against me and, and my will for you, but, but in, in truth, you need to trust me. And so I think God is, is stripping Jacob right here of um, this self-trust. I think also something else that's going on here too, Rob, is that Jacob had this deception plan. And we don't know, but Jacob could have planned to send all those goats and sheep ahead and then leave. He could have planned to get on his horse and ride away and, and again, not have to face his brother. But by God wrestling with Jacob in that place, he kept him there. So he couldn't flee all night long. And by the end of the night, he's now exhausted because he's been wrestling with God. And then God dislocates his hip. So now Jacob. So you're saying God, so you're saying God pinned him down all night. So God, I think maybe he's not that good of a wrestler. Maybe yeah. Jacob's not that good. It might be right. You know, I think God had a plan. So God pins Jacob down all night and then he strikes his hip. So Jacob probably couldn't even get on a horse if he wanted to, to ride away. And so God is he's forcing Jacob to face Esau. And he's forcing Jacob to trust him that God's plan is going to come through. And Jacob couldn't deceive anymore. At this point, Jacob had to trust God. And it is interesting. He, he says, what's your name? And he says, my name's Jacob. And we see that God actually changes Jacob's name to Israel in that moment. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But just a really interesting exchange. You know, it, we read it in our kids' Bibles before bedtime. It's like, oh, God had this great wrestling match. But at the heart of it, there's something more going on. Uh, some commentators even say that this, it's the angel of the Lord. It's like the pre-incarnate Jesus. Um, we don't have enough information to, to say that, but we do know that there was this struggle that was going on, and, and it ended up with God blessing Jacob and changing his name. One of the when I when I hear the story, one of the tensions I I think of is you go, here's God's plan, and here's our plans, and it, he, and throughout the Bible, it doesn't say don't have plans, just trust God, because you know you go to school, you do things, you know you have a business plan or you have a plan for your family, but then what? What the tension between that going, hey, I'm following God, but I also need to be prepared. And I so help me out with that where it's like where God's saying, Hey, trust me, but you know, Jacob here's also going, I just want to make sure I'm doing things so they work out in my best interest. There's a tension there and of like help me out with that. What's the difference? Yeah, that's a, a good question, Rob. Like if because Jacob knew or, or he, he hopefully knew uh, through his mom, Rachel, what was, or no, Rebecca, wait, I get those two confused. Which one mom, is it? Mom was Rebecca, wife was Rachel. Okay, Rebecca, from mom, Rebecca. Uh, I hate it when that happens. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom, I mean, uh, honey. Oh, shoot. Um, anyway, yeah, the, um, where was I? So he, he hopefully knew from his mom, Rebecca, that... Uh, he he was supposed to be blessed by God, and so he but but he he tried to force these things to happen on your own terms. So if you know that God's gifted you in a certain way, or God has a destiny for you, uh, if if you go out and force that to happen, but that how yeah, what is that relationship between what are what's your will and what's what God's will? Um, I encourage I would encourage us actually to try and stop, find some solitude, and ask God about it. Like God, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to? start this business. Is this how I'm going to fulfill your plan for me? What is your will for me? It's, uh, it's seen things when we're reading in the Bible, it seems to crystallize a little easier than it actually does for us in real life. Um, but there, there's an interesting thing that happens here that Esau actually does get 
his father's inheritance because of his murderous intent, Jacob flees. And so Esau is the one who actually gets his father's land, his father's flocks, Isaac's stuff and all that. Um, but then Jacob, it does become blessed in a foreign land. When he goes to his uncle Laban, he gets a family, he gets a flocks, um, he, or he gets the flocks, but he, he didn't do that necessarily on his own power. God had to do some of that through his own power. So God's will did come about. God was the one who actually blessed Jacob in the end. And Esau, even though uh, his, his birthright and his inheritance was, was quote-unquote stolen, he actually is the one here in this story who still has it. And so God's plan still did come about. God's still working behind the scenes for good, which is the overarching theme in Genesis. Things aren't, aren't good, but God is going to work them out uh, through those who trust him for, for good. Yeah, no. So it's it's like it's just one of those interesting stories where things keep working out the right way when we keep making bad decisions. And it's one of those I would say also it's also the bad decision in hindsight. Like I don't would any of us like if we're going, "Hey, here I'm going to go meet my brother after 20 years who last I knew he had murderous intent. I'm going to have a backup plan." <laughs> Like I'm yeah, gonna be maybe. like I'm gonna call some of my friends that are pretty big, pretty strong to hang out by me just in <laughs> case, because yeah. I trust God. But God also put these friends in my life. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's why God continues to come through the way He does. He lets He lets Jacob make these mistakes, but then God comes back and says, "Hey, don't forget, I'm with you." trust me. And then God delivers. And I think we do that in our lives, don't we? You know, God, we, mm -hmm. we make our own way. We try to hedge our bets. And then God's saying, Hey, trust me, trust me, trust me. And then we look back, we're like, wow, God used all that. And it still, and it worked out the way, the way it should have worked out, even though I made these mistakes and it shows that God is sovereign and, and, you know, has providence over everything. And you see that in chapter 33, when you get to Jacob meeting Esau, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> Imagine how tired Jacob is. He had just wrestled with with um, the angel, right, or with the angel of the Lord. He wrestled with God all night. He, his hips all messed up now, so he's probably walking with a limp, or maybe he's, you know, however he's getting there. And and now he he sees Esau and these four hundred men. And instead of Esau running up and punching him in the face, Esau, verse four, chapter thirty three says he ran up to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. So there's like this beautiful moment of reconciliation, which the only explanation for that is God, that God moved in the situation and helped solve this problem. And as Darren said, 20 years have passed and Esau had been blessed. God had blessed Jacob the way he had planned to bless him. And now things were made right again. And so it's a beautiful resolution to a story that if any of us were in that situation, we would be super anxious and nervous, just like Jacob was. Uh, but yet they had this this um, really amazing reconciliation that happened. And I think it just shows us that God was ahead of Jacob the whole time and that God was ahead of Esau the whole time and he worked together these things for good. And then, Darren, every time there's a name change, I got to ask you, <laughs> what's the significance? Yeah, as we've mentioned, names are linked to purpose and destiny. And so a name change is always a significant thing because God's saying that something is changing with this with this character. Um, and uh, he did that to Abraham and, and Sarah, and now he's doing it to Jacob, changing his name to Israel, which then would become the namesake of the entire tribe. That would become the nation of Israel and the kings and all that kind of stuff through which Jesus would eventually come. Um, so Jacob's whole life had been characterized by forcing his way into things, by, by grasping, by taking things that wasn't his all the way from birth. Uh, you know, that's why he has the name Yaakov, because he was grasping the heel. Um, 
uh, of his brother. And so, the, again, this story is kind of similar. He, he's trying to force something to happen with, with this wrestling. Um, and so th- this man, this divine being, finally blesses him uh, after he, he, he does something to, to the hip socket. Um, but in doing so, he changes his name. And he changes his name from Yaakov to Israel. Uh, and the, the name for, for Israel means struggles or contends with God. So that is, is a destiny, not only for Jacob, what he was doing and, and what he has done, but what the entire nation will eventually continue to do. Um, the, the name, the, the, there's a lot of word plays going on in here. I'll, I'll pick out one of them. Um, in verse 25, we see that uh, when the man saw, this uh, divine being saw, that he could not overpower him. The word for overpower is Yaakov, which sounds very much like Yaakov, which is Jacob's name. And also then in verse 28, um, the man said, your name will no longer be Yaakov, but Israel, because you have struggled with Elohim, with God, and with humans, and have Yaakov, have overcome. Uh, It's the same word for overpower in verse 25, uh, same word in verse 28 for overcome, which sounds so similar to Jacob's name, and, and what he had, had done, yakal. And, and yakal typically means to, um, to endure. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. No, no, that's, that, that's the, the name for, for Israel, the, the yakal when they're wrestling and that kind of stuff. Um, the, the name for Israel means to, to endure, to contend. And, um, and, and that's what Israel would do uh, the entire time. But there, there is this idea of overcoming uh, where... You know, as Kev said in the sermon, Jacob was struggling with God, wrestling with God. And, and the idea is that they, they would endure together. Um, there would always be conflict between the two uh, because Israel would constantly fail to be faithful to God. Um, and yet, in the end, it, it seems like they, they, they did accomplish their task. You know, it, it didn't, it was really messy, uh, super messy. Israel what was, was crushed as a nation uh, by foreign powers eventually, but there was always a remnant of Israelites that uh, through which Jesus would come. And so the idea is that as they contend, as they struggle with God, they work together to bring about this blessing. No, it's a it's interesting to think in how that foreshadows the the story of Israel as it goes through, you know, the story of the Bible and even into today with I, the struggle with God. Yeah, I think it it really does a really cool job of God um, giving. His, his mission and continuing his promise and giving us uh, really this this new um, plan for our lives. I mean, if you look at the meaning of names, um, I mean, I, I just love it. If you go back and look at the meaning of the name Joshua, right? So Joshua is the man that God's going to raise up to take Israel after Moses dies into the promised land. And Joshua means God is deliverance. And then when the angel comes and tells Mary and Joseph they're going to have a son and he's going to be the savior of the world, his name's going to be uh, Yeshua. Jesus, it means mm-hmm. um, rescue or deliverer They're, or those, savior. Those are the same name. Mm-hmm. Y- same Yeshua, root. Joshua in the Old Testament is is Jesus's name, uh, really? transliterated into Greek. So cool, yep. isn't it? Wow. And and so I think in there you have this God giving purpose and mission in in our names. And so God gives that to Abraham and Sarah. God gives that to Jacob here. Um, and so whenever we see a name change, like remember uh, in the New Testament, we see God change Peter's name. From Simon to Simon Peter, right? He's Simon, which means God has heard, to Peter, which means rock. Because it's going to later be Peter's statement about Jesus being the Messiah that's going to be the rock the church is built on. And so I think when God changes the name, we should pay attention 
Again, it's one of those moments where the narrative slows down. You, know, you have you know, d- decade after decade, and then the narrative slows down. God changes Jacob's name. And there's so much to take away from that. And then now, what's interesting is now we have the 12 tribes of Israel. We're going to see that Benjamin's born. Um, Rachel passes away. Benjamin's born. Now Jacob has 12 sons. And these are going to be the 12 tribes of Israel that we're going to talk about for the next month, next few months, as we get into the Exodus series and as we get into uh, working our way through the Old Testament, as you see these these tribal these tribes come from these sons and that becomes the nation of Israel. So this is a, a really a hinge moment where you start to see what God is going to do as he chooses this people to be a blessing to the world. But just like the name change was, they're going to continue to struggle with God over the course of centuries until Jesus comes. Um, so kind of more of a random question than out of that, more of a thought, like what happened to Esau? Like what, what happened to his descendants? Yeah, his descendants eventually becomes the nation of Edom. And I think I mentioned that last time. Edom means red, uh, which is the word play on Esau's word. Um, And the the whole book of Obadiah is about how his descendants uh, finally actually did not take Israel in when they needed it most, when they were being uh, attacked by Babylon. And so, yeah, Obadiah is kind of an indictment against uh, Esau's descendants, not Esau the man himself, but but the nation that would descend from him. And Esau, you know, they, they worship pagan gods, and so there was definitely this struggle, like Darren's talking about, between Israel and Esau, that that carried on for centuries. No, interesting. And so then, what are, what are you guys talking about uh, this Sunday at Forefront Church? Yeah, so this What's week this? we moved to Joseph, and and we're going to spend the next couple of Sundays talking about the life of Joseph and how God um, is going to use Joseph to foreshadow Jesus. So it's going to be really fun these next couple of weeks. And actually, uh, we'll culminate the story of Genesis on Easter Sunday uh, before we move into the book of Exodus um, coming, on, coming later in April. So uh, tune in. It's going to be really fun. Very cool. Well, if you guys have questions, if you're listening, going, how do we get our questions? If listening to the sermons and you have something you want followed up on or just you know, something that doesn't get touched on more than you'd want it to, life at ForefrontChurch.tv. Send in your questions there. Or if you're at church on Sundays, there's the connection cards. You can always put your question on there and drop it in the box in the back. Any way you want to get connected, we'd be happy to hear those questions or thoughts you have and how we can help your study of the Bible go through that much better. So Pastor Drew, appreciate the time. Pastor Darren, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. You have been listening to More to the Story a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, more to the story. Podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of more to the story.